everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we have a very special guest. Well, three of them. Yes. We have a reunited version of Purgatory <laughs> from the 1980s, if you remember Cleveland scene. Too much when it was, metal when, for one fist. Purgatory came <laughs> from that like first wave of metal with Breaker and Destructor and Shock Paris and Wretch. And it was Purgatory. It was that whole Auburn record thing that uh, from... from uh, Holy shit, my mind just It was went. the 80s. Bill Peters. Yeah, Bill yeah, Peters. From right. Bill Peters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that little guy. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. When, yeah, Bill Peters put together Auburn he's, Records. He signed you guys up, and, yeah. and it kind of started there. And then you have, uh, you know, that was like they said, that's like that first phase. It's like Cleveland's Big Five. Here we got with us Mr. Jeff Hatrix, the lead singer of Purgatory. He's also was in Hatrix, Mushroom Head. He's currently doing Jeffrey Nothing and uh, Doom Candy. Yeah. Mark Alexander. Yes, sir. Bass player. Yes. That's it. And we also... <laughs> well... That's well, enough, that's, that's, Yeah, I was going to say, that's you're enough. here for it. And then the return of Ken Easterly. Oh! Hello there, everybody. <laughs> He's the famous one, you know. He's, it, it's his month. His episode just came out a few weeks ago. Now yeah. we got now we got this one. His son's been featured like crazy. Oh, the yeah. Easterlies are represented. Both awesome. Very cool. Both but this awesome. time I believe, yes, I want to talk about purgatory a lot though because yes. like I was telling you guys before, for me this is a personal thing. You know, I, I the purgatory was huge in the in the change that I went through when I got into the metal in like '85 '86 when Tide of the Tracks kind of came out, got real popular in Cleveland. Um, of those five bands at that time, in my opinion, you guys were the top dogs of the whole thing. Ooh. Mine too. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> you know, and they were all great bands. No, oh, no yeah, less. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, we were the nope. newcomers. Right, it was. So, they, they'd all been around. Shock Paris, Breaker, those guys, Destructor, they were already established. And here we come on the scene, and nobody had ever seen us before. They just, But we put out a record first. So there was that little talk going on, and it got bigger, bigger, bigger. And it was a hell of a wreck. Yeah, that and it was, wasn't bad. I liked, I liked the EPO one. That and we had like six canceled shows before right. we finally got the build, debut. Build the suspense and the mystique of <laughs> we kept canceling shows. Yeah, we almost played the variety bigger like crowds. three times. Oh, really? Oh, Never yeah, quite did. Dude. Oh, yeah, well, Are you guys going to get together again to play the variety when okay. she reopens it? <laughs> that would be cool. Would okay. that not be the coolest thing ever? Yeah. That's a great finally. idea. <laughs> well, Juan Ricardo, he was in here, and he's still, the wretch thing is still alive. You could probably put that whole i went to a gig with you guys i was probably 16 or years of 17 where it was destructor shock paris wretch purgatory oh yeah oh was it there the, uh, was a swedish dave massacre and we did a march downtown uh, i don't know if you're part of that we marched all the way from 55th where the agora is to downtown where they were having a rally it was against that uh music thing remember, the wave yeah remember the music what's her name it tipper gore it was for z-rock no, oh that's when they were doing over, the the that, wave was taking over z-rock yeah, and we're trying to stop right oh. so we get down there we're about to get some publicity and everything but um ellis cooper's guitar player i forgot the big dude he and, gets on rob He's doing an interview with the local TV station, and he just F-bombing all over the place, so they just said, nope, and they didn't cover anything after that. So we marched there for nothing, pretty much. These guys, oh, these guys cuss too yeah. much. Oh, we were pissed. <laughs> we are buzzed, we were pissed. It's fine. Gotta hit something. Really? So, <laughs> no, so that happened, really. too, that same day? That <laughs> yes, was the same yeah. day? That was so, before the show. We oh, did, like, sound check together, if I'm remembering correct, and then we all marched down walking from 55th to downtown and back. And there was like, a, there had to be, 
we had like a quarter mile of trail behind us of people coming with us. So, so speaking of what you just said, do, do you guys actually remember? I mean, we're talking 30 plus years ago yeah. when this happened. How much do you guys? And, and I'm I'm imagining that you guys weren't exactly like you know super sober people at the time. You know, there's there's definitely reasons to not remember. <laughs> what do you remember a lot of that time? I mean, especially like a guy like Jeff who went on, and a guy like you guys who go, you guys all actually you went on to do other things, some of them bigger and better. Right. As far as you know. So do you forget stuff like that? or? Mm-hmm. I mean, Sometimes. a lot of it's a blur, but there's things that stick out that you remember. And when we talk about it, I start remembering more. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, and by the way, at that time, Jeff was super sober. Yeah, he didn't drink, yeah. smoke, nothing, and he would observe and write. And that's why he came up with these crazy lyrics all the time. <laughs> yeah. Now he's and... a drunken pig, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's super all... sober again. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Jeff. That's that's well, and when you were super sober, you were hitting those notes, man. Some of them notes you were hitting. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just it happens almost every singer, like Robert Plant, can't really hit what he used to. And I, I saw Nasty Savage years ago, and the guy was all low notes, and even Jeff Tate, Promised Land's all low notes. You just kind of lose some of your register unless you're like really trained and do it all the time. Yeah, Dickinson too. You were hit. Dickinson still does some great that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put there, up, there's there's exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Sure. Fucking Dio. Alfred, bro. Yeah. Dio was still doing it. If the you're end. trained and you oh, yeah. Alfred, I think he's got a special throat coat or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder what it could be. But you were Halfordish on that on that time of the tracks thing. Oh yeah. You were Halfordish. You had except except when you went. You, you know what? Well, you know what dawned on me listening to that album is that you guys were so ahead of your time because you were almost doing the two vocals that everyone does now where you got the singer and the, <sighs> ah, because you had, when you when you wanted to, it was, yeah. rah, I mean, you were just, people. Oh, that was the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you'd come off with this Rob Halford scream, man. I mean, yeah. it was like, holy shit. And then right back to the, ah. Yeah. Like you could just do both voices like it was two people almost. And then it went on. 30 years later to become a style of, of metal. Yeah, definitely. you know. Well, wow, you did your homework, bro. That's exactly right. That's exactly I do my right. homework. You're so exactly right about right. that. I, when I it couldn't have worded it better. Exactly. exactly. Two, like two different people. <laughs> and that growl was had a he had such a unique tone. Yeah. With that lower register, I mean, it blew blew me away. Well, that plus, was good shit. Plus, you guys wrote good songs. So, so let's just talk about that because that is the key to that album. I don't care what anyone else says. We can talk about his singing. Talk about your drumming, which was spectacular. Talk Except about anything you want to talk about. They call me Ringo. The bass, man. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just like, yeah. I, yeah, well, that, what, don't but, talk about the bass. But the thing about that album was it's like a good part of that album is that guitar work, man. Oh, yeah. Was, I'm not going to lie. They, I, I mean, I know there's no guitar guy here, but I listen to guitar work on that album. And I'm like, man, dude, these guys got that's Greg Perry. some killer I, I, I riffs. Think, I think yeah. it was a special recipe, though. Yeah. It was like It was like Greg is an awesome, awesome guitar player. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, for sure, I've, dude. I've, I've jammed with him different, doing different things. And he shows up, and he knows his shit. He's just on top of the game. Definitely. Squared away. He's his, always got his shit squared his away. Ba- his bad day is like most people's good day. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, he's, that's he's great. That, he's that I got good. that going on. Hell, yeah. All right. But but like I said, the, the, the recipe was, was Mark was like crazy with the riffs and just wanted to, you know, and it's like they kind of, they just work together to pull each other, you know. Yeah. Mark pulled Greg to the heavier riffs right. side, and, and Greg pulled... On. And Greg pulled Mark to the, you know what I mean, to the calm down little side. Well, you know, you know? I, I think, I think really? also what I hear in that, when I hear in that album also is that, you know, that 
Okay, so that came out like right after Ride the Lightning. I tried to, to, to give it a perspective of when the timing of all that was. Ride the Lightning had just come out. Master right. Puppets was coming out. You know, what you guys are playing it doesn't really sound like that kind of stuff. It's got a. It sounds a little ahead of what. It sounds almost kind of like what came out a little later from that, where heavy metal had progressed to what you guys even did on that album. There's some there's some riffy stuff on there yep. where it's muffled riffy stuff where like there's there, there wasn't a lot of going on yet. That right. wasn't a real big thing yet. It was a lot of open chords and a lot still was still big then. It was still right. you know. And you guys had that crunchy, just cool heavy sound, and then you had this vocal that was like way over the top coming in there man it was just the coolest plus you had great yeah, vocal awesome. melodies see that and those can ruin a song too right yeah where you have this great music going on and then this vocal comes in even if you're a good singer if your melodies suck and it goes it doesn't go with the song it kind of cares yeah and there's cares, none yeah. of that there's none of that there's really not even a clunker on the fucking album but you know what a lot of people lose track of is the lyrics themselves, which I didn't even know what he was actually singing till I read them on the on the sleeve. His lyrics are ridiculously deep and yeah. over the top. You wrote all the lyrics for that album? Oh yeah. yeah man. Everything. Dude, when we when we did the E P it was like at that time we wanted to copyright everything. We didn't want nobody to steal nothing, you know what yeah, I mean? Right, it's right. not so much like Mailed that. Anymore. It to ourselves, you but know at that, that time that's how it was. And like when we registered those Dude, Jeff started getting letters from like Roadrunner and fucking labels. They wanted to buy his songs. Oh, it's did fucking, you ever? Did you lyrics. ever? Did you ever do it? Nah, it just was always just for the bands I was in. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, like, that wasn't cool. Like, about. These are purists. Like that happen. Now, Jeff, did you have? Did you? Did you play instruments also where you could write songs? I, I wished you? I, I uh, <laughs> lugged the bass and the guitar <laughs> for way too many days. <laughs> Me and Jeff had a thing going on. And because uh, whatever he would he would come up with these ideas, but he couldn't play. And we were roommates back then at Purgatory Bandhouse, and a lot of people. Sorry about what Thanks happened to, to you there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he would say, "Come up with something like uh, he go da 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 da," and I knew exactly where oh. and I could put it down in a bass. So he wrote his riffs. Yeah, he wrote his. Yeah, I think the melody attached to the tracks of the song actually came from me. Yeah, so you would you would mouth the the yeah. You would have like a riff in your head. Connection. Yeah, so you thought like that. a guitar player. You yeah. thought like he one. He heard the song. <laughs> Just like when I was writing, I could visualize the whole song with the drums are doing this and that, which is why a lot of people don't like me anymore. Because I was a little pushy about my Nobody vision. Uh, Are you sure that that's true, or is that just your version that people don't like you? It's my version. Okay. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not true. But no, it's half true. I was hard on a lot of people, and um, some people appreciate it. Tony Ross, anyway. Uh, who said that? Um, I love Tony. He, he ended up really being a great guitar player. He really did. But I was pretty hard on him. And that's why. Yeah, and he did thank me, even though I was a oh, yeah. I told him to. I said, you better asshole. thank Mark, Tony. But you're talking about the songwriting before. Yeah. So here's how this happened. I don't know if it's been told before, but these guys, Jeff and Kenny, were looking for a bass player. And who'd you had? Al. Ralph, Ralph Strimple actually connected us. Yeah, Ralph Strimple. I was a machine we had, operator. We had Al Berrios. That yeah. was our first right, guitar player. Right, that's the guy. So they had a guitar player, singer, drummer, and they they needed a bass player for this band. He had a name, Purgatory, ready to go for the right band. And uh, they found me. But the thing was, was my roommate was Greg Perry. And we just, we were roommates. So we jammed all the time together. It was a package. And we were t- and we wrote like five or six songs. Valley of the Shadow of Death was one of them. Oh, right, that's but a great we song. didn't know the name of it yet. 
We just had the riffs and they actually put it all together. It was a great song. Jeff knew. Oh, it really Jeff is. knew the name. And, uh, and then when we these guys came and auditioned us at our house, I come home from work. There's 40 people at the house. <laughs> And, you know, there's Harleys all over the front yard. Somebody's getting beat up. Who got beat up? Oh. Who got beat up? I don't remember. Brian. Brian got beat up by Ralph. St- it's a long story with that. Yeah. But uh, me and Greg, uh, we you just got up. As soon as I got home from work with my dirty work clothes on, machine operator, they're like, hey, they're waiting for us. I'm like, let's go. Plugged in. And me and him did a wall of sound with bass and guitar. And we've been working on stuff and we played iron maiden for fun so we were all over it back then they were good that so was like the, that was like the cool thing is like they him and greg knew like the same songs that yeah. me and jeff knew oh so when you got you know together I mean? so it was like maiden, together, you could just play maiden and priest and i mean we, we had, had like, 30 songs the first day yeah. you know just <laughs> like that we started doing covers but went right immediately to doing original that was right. the whole idea but you know what i didn't count on because we, when we did actually play with kenny uh, there was no PA for the first month, so we never even heard Jeff sing. Really? And uh, and it was just me, Kenny, and Greg, but we just, such a chemistry. I'm still waiting to feel that again with anybody. But the three of us, right, Lou? Remember yes, that? Yes, sir. That was the shit, and we just knew we had something. So was, we worked on those songs. He's kind of like a perfect situation because I had that time to just write. Yeah, and yep. he's writing That's the cool. whole time for oh, a month. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when he could sing, he's like, here, we're going to call this Valley of the Shadow of Death. And it was a song that me and Greg were working on for, or playing around for a couple months. Yeah, because that, that song's yeah, got a lot of parts, man. It's it cool. does. And I got to tell you, the thing is, like, like Kenny was saying, Greg was the structured guy, and I'm the out there guy. Out of the box. You know, when I'm learning songs or just trying to write. And so I always thought you should have a musical journey. I like the yes and all the progressive stuff. So when we go into any lead part on Tighter Tracks, you'll notice this. We go into a different key, and we go into this, like, different journey. I like taking people on this journey because I like to go on the journey. Yeah, right. I got so, you. And during the lead, so you'll, if you notice, if you listen to it that way, you'll see how when we start doing that, that the song changes, but then we bring it all back. And hopefully we segue it in a good way that's smooth. You know, and that's what we were trying to do. So, he's fucking with me. <laughs> no, never. I can't even keep a straight face anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Dude, me and Mark are bros. It's all good. That song, that yeah. song, Valley of the Shadow of Death, though, that's a cool song. And there's some really cool changes in that song. Where you guys, because you guys, you know, that's one of them rare tunes. The opposite of what uh, later became like the power ballad, like the metal ballads, so, right. where you guys come out, rah, and then it goes, it goes right in, it just stops and goes into that part. Yeah, that and, was Greg and, Perry's idea. Well, I, I got I to gotta admit, dude, the drumming in this album is is pretty cool. It, it's there's some cool things in here that I don't think, I don't I don't remember remembering, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> it um, does. I remember you change timings in sometimes in the weirdest fucking ways where you're playing at a speed and the song changes and now the song is playing at just a slightly different speed all of a sudden. It's not like a major change. And you no, it's you like almost a, it's you, it's almost not even heard, but it's definitely there. I know what Purdy's talking about. Almost yeah, and, and I don't think it's change, it's not so accidental. It's, it's, it's not, not like an accidental thing. No, no, it's it's not. definitely there, dude. And you guys had to play that shit live back then. This wasn't like you know digital time where one guy played one thing, one guy played one thing. You ain't lying, right? So you guys had to go in there ready, prepared, and and you're doing this on the fly. Yeah. You don't get a lot of redones, and and you don't get the du- overdub yeah, takes. You can't drums back then. You couldn't stop and start again on a drum song. Yeah, dude. There's you some really I mean? interesting stuff that goes on. But it was on. like in some of it. 
it, we just like, eh, it ain't that bad. <laughs> yeah. And when, and when you we were, no. ugh, when you were in here last time, you were telling me about, you know, Neil Pert was like oh, one yeah. of your dudes and Bob, and I can hear the Pert on the oh, rolls, yeah. the the rolls that start <laughs> right here to go. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely mimic. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was my dude to mimic. I was like, I seen him at public hall, yeah. all the world's a stage. Yeah, and then I seen he had a hi hat on the right side and left, and I'm like, man, that's a fucking great idea. I got to do that. So I did. <laughs> Mine wasn't as good as his, but <laughs> yeah, well, it, I, I, they're pretty good. That's a great. Like I said, the key to that album, and I think the reason why you guys shined when you did, was because the songs are great. Yeah. That's, it yes, really does come you. down to Structure, that. Fucking, yeah, I mean, it, really it does. Is. Good roots. It, it, it always comes down to the songs, man. It, 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 it's just those tunes are fucking. And 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 you were even saying the last time you were on about you were like they're kind of you know they they kind of hold their weight today. Right? right? They definitely do. They definitely do. I think do, they're a little man. more epic. Like you could put on some stuff, and I, I, I don't want, I don't want to throw names out there, but like some of the, some of the stuff from that era, you can put that on, and you're just like, wow, that's 1986. Totally. All day. Some stuff sounds dude, so and dated. I, and not yeah, that, not dude. that we don't sound like 2022. No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? I, I just thought we were a little more, we were. I think you guys are slightly ahead of your time as far as the music you guys were putting yeah, out. Yeah, awesome. I, I really, I, I swear thank to you. God I do. I think you guys were not way ahead, but slightly ahead. Like, like you guys seem to be more. Serious. I think, I think what came, I think what came in the late 80s Dude, was we, what you guys were doing here. That's what I think. That's what I think. You know what you were, you were talking about. Um, uh, we played, we played live. practice four nights a week. Oh, yeah. Really? And you don't miss. Six nights a week. Yeah. You don't and, miss. But our practice was And then we do an extra, me and him. We'd do a fifth. Oh, yeah. We, we would have an extra night, drums and bass only. Just to tighten up the, the rhythm? Oh, everything. We'd tighten go over up. everything. No, to figure out cooler stuff. <laughs> to make it even cooler. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. We were always striving for good stuff. Better and better and better. And then, like, rush tight, like, like every note. But just to know where we're at so I could play something that, that kind of enhances... You know, without doing that note-for-note note, uh, drums and bass thing Rush does, which I love, but sometimes you don't want to do that because well, you sound like Rush. Back off of that mic. You're getting a little close there. Okay. <laughs> Am I really? But but you were talking about uh, 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 reproducing these songs live because you'd really have to be on your game. Yeah. If we And if we did actually play the songs like we recorded them, yeah. we're fucking high-fiving each other because it was hard. We made it hard for us to play live. Well, you know, and especially when you're playing on some of these bills like that, the one I was just talking about where the Valentine's Day Massacre, is that oh, what it was? Yeah, right. When you're playing on a bill like that where where you got you four guys who you're all friends and yeah. you're all and you're all Bill Peters, you know, Auburn Rockers, the whole thing, but let's not forget <laughs> the fact that you guys all want to blow each other off the stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and each guy knows that that band wants to blow us off the stage. So you you're gonna like you're practicing that week. Little differently. You're you're doing everything. You're gonna fucking come out, and you're gonna you're gonna blow them away. That is good pushing. I yeah, gotta tell you exactly. If, if, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't look at it that way. Never. Because uh, we were brothers with Destructor. Yeah. Not at first with uh, Shock, Paris, and Breaker. Because we were like the newcomers. Or like, who the hell are you? But we ended up being best of friends, and I just want. But still, there's them isn't there a compete? Yeah. But what, I I know. I'll I agree with rooting them on. Yeah. But when you're on the stage together tonight. Like, there's the rooting on part, and then there's the part where you're not going to leave that stage and be showed up. You want to be the right, better band. You're right. Yeah. I, I don't, mean, care. I don't right. care who you are, where you are. You want to be It's the competitive. Band. It's you're friendly, right. though. It's I mean, nature. like, yeah, it wasn't sometimes like you're the fly, and sometimes you're the windshield. That's how I always yeah. look at it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Windshield. That's a good name for a band. You play too good tonight. I'm punching. Nobody will right even in the know. Face. Windshield. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So Jeff, you 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 started where? Chicago? Is that what I was it? Where were you originally? Where before you came here? New I was, Orleans. I was born in Berea. I actually uh, went to New Orleans for a year. My brother was in the military. Met his wife, and they she was from down there, and he went AWOL. And, oh. Uh, so I just <clears throat> we had been together before I left, called an eye for an eye, and I had actually gone to his his house Kenny. to watch a rehearsal. Not me, Kenny. Okay. Kenny. And um, I went to watch a rehearsal of Easterly. They were trying out a singer, and he had a mic, and I was sitting on the floor screaming the words with no mic, and they asked me if I wanted to sing. And Is that when you found out you could sing? Is that basically how that no, worked? I, I mean, I, I really sang since I was like six. Oh. Like where, where did you start? With the hairbrush microphone. Oh, that kind I of had, thing. I had like a Kiss cover band where I pretended to play bass and sang, and a couple of my buddies, both named Mike. But we never, we never played out. Well, we're talking about Mike's now. It's two guys named Mike. What's next? <laughs> Mike. I'm at a Mike talking about Mike's. But anyway, uh, so Ooh, I knew I was tripping. I just had to leave <laughs> for reasons hell. I'm not really going to get into. But I went down to New Orleans. Why'd you leave? Tried out for a band and um, got the gig. And who came uh, and seen you? I want to know. You went to New Orleans to see him? No kidding. You, you really are his buddy. You told me his buddy. He's like, I could talk about it if I want to. That's but my ninja. <laughs> but I played, uh, I played the World's Fair I know and Mardi Gras and crazy stuff like that. And um, What was the band? Who were you in? It was, was called it? White Heat, but it wasn't the hair band. We were called Sinner for a minute. just Not for a minute, but just the word Sinner. That's a Judas Priest name, White Heat, isn't yeah. it? Dude, that was like back Sinner, when... I guess Sinner would be, too, if you were... Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, when, I, when yeah. I went down and seen him, that was like, you know, I was still like NFL. I like the Browns. I'm a big football fan. And the Saints were like, that was when they had like, you know, maybe 200 people in the stadium and they wore bags on their head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the Aints. <laughs> yep. The Aints. Yeah, I remember that. that time. <laughs> Archie <laughs> Manning was quarterback, right? I remember but, that. But that, was, that was a really cool experience. I, I actually... Recorded my first ever time in a studio. It was in a junkyard. The window between the band and the control room was the back window of a Corvette. Oh, no kidding. And, uh, we did, like, Good a idea. cover of Hot Rockin', and I did a song that I wrote. And uh, we just would play five hours a night. That was go it? Out, go outside to vomit because I'm just worn out, not because I'm drinking or anything. But uh, it just uh, ended up they wanted to go back to their old sing or go back to just them three singing and the bass player of that band had this, I'm going to make this new band called Purgatory. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Since they that were one. firing me, I'm like, well, I'm going to go home and become a rock star and make this band Purgatory. Oh, and no. And I'm going to show you what I you I just told to him. And, and what's crazy is that guy now teaches, and every year he tells the students about my story and how I actually did it. No kidding. Yeah. So that's, a, that's the, sex, the success story that he teaches his kids with. That's cool, man. So, yeah, I, um, I got a hold of Ken and – uh. Was asking him if we could get the guys that were in an eye for an eye back together and keep going out from there. And he told me that they were both not doing it anymore, more or less. And um, so we uh, hooked up with Al and started jamming, like we brought up earlier. We had a rehearsal space on Denison. And excuse um, me, excuse me. Let me add one thing real quick on that. When when Jeff left and went to New Orleans, they didn't want to look for somebody else. So I put it in my mind: you're a quitter. I don't fucking even want to play with you. Okay, kids. I got you. Really? I didn't know any of that. Shit. There it is. An exclusive. <laughs> DM before Mark. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. And, and uh, Ralph Strimple was a buddy of Ken's, and he had Mark and and uh, he and knew a hot Mark, old lady. Mark and Greg, and we went to check them out, and 
that's that's how that part. So oh, so this is, and that's how the four came together. Yep. Ralph Strimple, bless bless his soul. Is is Ralph still alive? No. So now you guys, so you guys make the album at at that point. First, you make the you make an EP first. Yeah. You make the Purgatory EP, right? Now, how did that happen? Now let's start right there, right? So let's start with the EP. All right, so can, can I do this one? Go ahead. Well, so my, my guess, my the thing is, is like, first I want to ask you this. So you guys decided that you're going to form the band. Yep. So how do you? What, how does it start off? This is one thing I don't think anyone ever touches off on, right? Like. All bands are kind of assigned roles without anyone telling anybody what their roles are, right? Mm-hmm. How did you guys kind of go about that process? Like, how did you guys start this off? Do you remember that part where, like, here you guys are the four, you're going to start writing. Well, first you started doing covers, you said. Yeah, but we, me and Greg Perry had about six songs. Oh, that's right. Written, just me and him, uh, just guitar and bass. Uh, and But we, we didn't even talk about the covers, but when we sit down with Kenny, we had vocals that first month. He knows all this stuff that we know, so we're playing Scorpions and Judas Priest and uh, Maiden and and a lot of Iron Maiden and mainly uh, Riot, Riot, okay. who I never even heard of. They were they were a great band that from never New- made it. Right. They were not like that quiet band. Riot, they, they but Riot had, from New York. They had some level of career. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about like, but, but there was a lot it. of people when Riot came out that thought that they would become like right. the yeah, next yeah. huge thing, and they never kind of got there. Right, but they touched the spot with us, and that was these guys turned us on to that stuff. So we did like the Altar of the King, maybe Swords of Tequila, but we had our own original. So the first week we were together, we could play like 30 songs. That's awesome. So we had a keg party, of course, that Friday. <laughs> And I think we had a keg party every Friday for six months. <laughs> and but one, and now we had this big practice room. Probably you could fit a hundred people easily. Where's your follow? I thought it was a club. And uh, and we got a keg there, so people started coming. And uh, and one time this these guys Ed and whatever his name is, Bill. White Bill. Peter, whatever. Uh, and they're down, and they tell us what we heard before. Oh man, we want to do a record. We want to do whatever. But he was serious. <laughs> And he put up the money, and we went to Britain Square Sound and did it with his money. And that's how the EP came about. Oh. We were together about three months, you know, when this happened. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Maybe man. four months. That's right? fast, man. It was, yeah, it was at the end yeah. of the year. So you wrote the songs, had them kind of, kind of yeah. tight, and then went in there and was ready to put them down. Yeah. No well, kidding. once he did his lyrics, once after the first month there were no vocals, when he got, we got a PA, he had vocals. All of a sudden, these original songs me and Greg Perry were doing with his music, with his lyrics and the meaning of these things, just morphed into what they ended up becoming. Yeah, right. Which right. we we would never have pictured in yeah. a million years, me and Greg, that these songs would actually be like that with the lyrics, and it was so cool, man. Well, that's I think that's another thing about that album is that there's a lot of cool melody on that album that's yeah. like missing in some metal, even even the Cleveland scene back then. There's there you know you guys brought a, a certain a degree of me- me- melodic stuff that made it great you know that made it highly palatable you know what I mean and that's what it takes like like that the I think that's a great thing highly palatable that's See, the way there's like, where what? where you can really listen to your music that uh, and and it's and it's easy to listen to it's not right. something that you got to like oh I gotta sing that album again if I'm really I don't I, I know. I wonder if that's like, got any, like that. anything to do with Greg Perry. Like one of his influences was was Chet Atkins. Oh. Yeah yeah yeah. It was he a, was a, he was a country Yeah so he had that he had that kind of that was a different dynamic. Catchy, we like catchy rhythms and stuff like that. That's what country music is. That's all and it's about. Really. Look. 
But we weren't thinking. <laughs> we weren't thinking about making it palatable or nice. We weren't even thinking what people might want to buy. Or no, no, no. You're just buying what's natural to we you. We were just playing yeah. because it felt good. And, yeah. Oh, that feels better to play it this way. And that's all we were doing at the time. We weren't thinking about any of that. Just the fact that that actually did happen is pretty cool. So you're you guys, saying these words palatable? That's awesome. Well, I mean, when right? I palatable, when I say that though, is what I'm saying is there's a lot of albums you listen to that actually will turn into could turn into your favorite album. Right. But you had to listen to it a number of times to really get yes. to it. That's not what this album was. This album was you hear it and you're like immediately crush the black cross, right? Yeah. Nobody's backing vocals have ever scared me more in the vehicle driving down the highway <laughs> than when the first goes crush, oh and I'm like, God. what the hell was that? Who it's wants like, this one? It's like, holy shit. You want to uh, tell them? Trying out your new system blows the windows out. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, like this. Thing. I, can, I can tell you. I, I, I'll try to make it. Well, hey, we don't have to. Make as long as you want. We got so we're at Suma Recording Studios, so now we're doing Black, Crush the Black Cross. Somebody had a great idea of getting all the local metal bands, all Who our was friends. That? Huh? Who thought of that? I don't I have no idea. You know, Jeff, you remember? I kind of thought I did, but I could be. Mistaken. It could have been him. Oh, no, you're not taking credit for this one. No. <laughs> so we got all the Scratch way out of Painesville. <laughs> we got like 50 dudes, Seeky Spacek, all of uh, all the uh, bands Jacques and Paris. friends. Everybody. Uh, uh, and now like, we're making more friends, and we all bring beer. To, I don't know if there was a keg or everybody. Uh, there was plenty of beer, so we're getting hammered. So now there's 50 of us in the main room where you record, and Bob Pra, our roadie, remember this? Props. He was con- uh, not conducting, but now he was the now guy. So there are 50 people, and they triple tracked it. So every time you hear Crush, it's 150 of oh, Cleveland's local three. metal gods. Bam, crush, and it's all of them guys drunk as hell. Oh. <laughs> no I can give you names. Yeah, that's what it was. That's, that's really like was. the whole scene. Yep. And Bob was like, now, I mean, I it, mean was it was just, like DJs and everything. Like, uh, 88.7 Mitch was there. Like, yep. it was Kapka? everyone. It, it, everybody no. But that started. Like, Wasn't it Mitch Kapka? Yeah. I think yeah. that started like the togetherness, uh, brotherhood. Oh, yeah. After you know that, we're mean? brothers that forever. Like, and and that, that was like, so That was cool. like the start. Hey, we're all together, bro. And, and and we're on I, the same fucking ship, man. So Hell yeah, yeah, man. Right. <laughs> but you know what's so cool is nobody really sounded like anything alike each other. Right, well, really, right, very, right, right, you guys right. were all very different. Had to what own, you guys did. Everybody had their own. Like dis- destructor even had their own names oh, and everything. Yep. Yeah. Almost almost just like uh, I don't know on a on a major. Dude, level, they were like, like they were like the earliest Purple, version. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Rush. They don't sound the same. Oh no, you're right. Destructor's like the earliest version of the mushroom head right, slipknot right, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They all had their own cool names. Yeah. They were all like a character. They didn't wear the right. costumes, yeah. but they had their, you know, the overkill. They had, they all had their character and stuff. That was cool. We're probably all going to want to say something That was cool, man. That was Destructor, <laughs> yeah. about Destructor, and I'm sure everybody wants to say something, but we hit it off with them more than any other bands. They had a rehearsal spot on the east side. We had... Metal West, our purgatory band house, where you got to sign the wall when you come in. Oh, and cool. uh, and they had their place, and we just really, we did shows together. A lot of shows, more with them off, than any man. other band. Overkill would come over with a bottle of tequila at 4 in the morning. I'm like, yeah, okay, here we go. It didn't matter. <laughs> you know, I'm sleeping, but now my brother's here. He waited all the way over here. And it happened more than like five, hey, ten times. Hey, quick story. We, we awesome. were doing a gig with, with Destructor. And my, you know, the snares, how they strap onto the bottom. Yeah, the well, snare. The, the string broke, okay? 
And fucking, I was like, fuck, what the fuck am I going, what am I going to do, right? Fucking Dave Overkill's like, dude, here, try this. How about, will this guitar string work? And I'm like, fuck yeah, bam, bam. (laughs) Fuck yeah, Dave. Nice. (laughs) Oh, we had great times at Blondie's in uh, Detroit, and we're doing in-store, you know, record appearance, signing record, destructors with, it was just, we're brothers, man, I'm telling you. You guys play a lot together? We did. Do you guys play out together a lot? Yeah. Now, now, how does Bill Peters get involved in this? Because what, how did, how how was his what was his involvement? It was it was he had the record label, right? Yep. Auburn was a record label, but he didn't necessarily have the recording studio. You guys recorded right. elsewhere, and then he promoted it. He he no, produced he it. Was he, he paid it. for it. He was in the studio the engineering. Yeah, oh, he, he was. Yeah, he, he paid for oh, it. Oh, so he was producing. Producing. Yeah. Exactly. We um we had a boombox recording. We didn't even have the EP yet. We went down to a show on eighty. Uh, 893, I think it was, and uh, Seeky had actually heard us and suggested us to Bill from that boombox recording. No kidding. Yeah, we didn't even have the EP yet. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So you guys just had a jam spot, put a boombox in with the microphone, and just recorded the whole thing. I was yeah. like, here, listen to this, and they were right. like, yeah, through the condensed mic, right on the wow. Did he already have the other band signed yet, or? or yeah, or? Um, Auburn was actually made for Breaker, and oddly, they were the last one to be released. Oh, no out kidding. Out of all those main bands. No kidding. So that's what yeah, he did. so Shock Paris had just come out and Black Death had just come out right before. Oh, yeah, Black record. Death, too. I forgot about them, too. Oh, yeah, Seeky. What a right. cool dude, man. I always forget them because they're, they're, like, the, they're like the sixth band. Yeah. That was, so, man, that was such a cool time. Nice guy. Oh, that was too. a great time all to grow up in. I, I, you what know a what great I mean? time. We talk about my kids sometimes, and it's like, he, you know, it was like, you know, 20, 30 years later, and it's like I just felt so bad because, you know what I mean? They're playing so well. But there's like 50 people to where in the mid-80s, dude, you could play on Wednesday night and you were guaranteed 150 people were showing up. I don't give a fuck. Without internet, without Facebook yeah. and all just, that. We were just huge Original crowd. music. Flyers and word of mouth. Yeah, I can imagine if we had Facebook back then or whatever. Everybody, oh, yeah, we were, this we were, we were blessed to grow up in that time. Yeah. No, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and, and so, and I can remember also, all of a sudden, Frank Romano's name starts coming up. Mm-hmm. And... He was he was like he was kind of a weird thing because some people some people already knew who he was and some people knew him because he got he got into purgatory. Right. Yeah, and right. then he became We put him on the Frank man. Romano, you know. We this put him on the he man. was fifteen. I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean He, he would have became yeah. Frank anyway. Yeah, he would but he was yet yeah, young. Oh no no he is, I know. I, I was just looking him up. I'm like, wow, this guy We were like, what do they call that thing for the, with the kid, head start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we jumped him up. Well, yeah, he, yeah he, but that was the thing. He was a kid. We were auditioning guitar players, obviously, then. And that was a we big meeting with, um, when, when, we auditioned, when we auditioned him because he was so young. And we were, like, in our 20s, yeah. early 20s. We and had, he was, like, 15. And we're, like, I don't know. You know, is he going to change? Is he going <laughs> to stick with this? You know? Is right, gonna, right, right. That was, the, that was the main concern. It wasn't so much his age. It was like, does he know what he wants? Is he, can, can, can a guy that young be committed? It was, right. uh, we right. had Dave Felton was and our was, guitar And he was player. the longest running guitar player, Frank Romano was, four years. So oh, we're, we're uh, six. I didn't know any of that, but, well, we had, at that time, Dave That's Felton why here, was Mark. our only guitar player. <laughs> so we're auditioning, guys, there comes this 15-year-old, and we've heard so many schleps, and we would audition with all Back our whores would be there, too. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but we, we would have, say like, whatever. 12 people in the room. And people would audition, and Frank, here comes Frank, 15-year-old kid, and he looked 15. 
He wasn't like a an older looking fifteen. No, right. he was pretty. He probably looked twelve more than fifteen. He didn't need a razor. Uh, <laughs> And, long he, hair. and here we are. We're at a U-shaped, all couches and chairs, packed with people. And there's this kid standing there. And he goes, okay, what do you want me to play? He's plugged in, ready to go. I'm like, I don't know, just jam, whatever. With his custom amp and his SG guitar. And he just, <laughs> yeah, in that's front what he of had. all of us, no. 15. Yeah, he, he SG, definitely SG. But without any thinking about twice, he's like, okay. He just starts ripping, which wasn't that great back then. But he had balls like I'd never seen on anybody. We're all older than him, but when you're a teenager, that means a lot when you're four or five years. I was 10 years older than him. Yeah. That means a lot. So uh, he just ripped, and we're talking, but we all went on on the side to talk about him. But I had such a good feeling about him, and I pushed for him. I don't know who else did or didn't, but it was kind of a close vote. Because of his age. Well, anything, yeah, well, right? you go to play in bars, he's 50. He's not 19. He's 50. Yeah, it kind of poses a problem. So, yeah, and he looked, like I said, there. he looked it, but he was just had something, and we knew it. We knew he had something. And he fit in, and then he became Frank by more and more and faster, faster. And now he's just like. Yeah, now he's now he's that guy again. He's right? the man. He's one of them dudes anything. that you just he can do anything. He Play does anything. he does everything. I, I think it's like the his unique brother. Thing, the unique thing about Frank, I think, and and you know we've I think we were blessed in purgatory to have Greg Perry, to have Frank Romano, okay. and to have Dave Felton. All right, and those are three I think pretty awesome guitar players. Yeah. But I think Frank had a, a, a special way about himself to where like you know it's like oh yeah he's a great player but I think Frank when he put the guitar on it like became a part of him. An appendage, like so, of yeah, his body. Like he just had that special. I always said that about Eddie Van Halen. It's like special, that, that when he had, when he had the guitar on him, it just looked like he was just right. growing out of his yeah, body somewhere. Like, you know. He oozed charisma <laughs> yeah. too. Charisma just oozing just out of that kid. Twin. <laughs> well, and 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 that also seemed. If, I mean, and this is just coming from a fan's perspective of what was going on at that time. But that seemed to like because like Tide of the Tracks came out. You guys were playing some gigs, you know, and and and, and you know what's cool? That was a time where Cleveland was supporting the local. Oh, oh yeah. The, 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 yeah. We, there, you went to that. You went to a Purgatory show or any of them bands. Any really, there was, there was other ones too. But you would go to these shows. People showed up for them shows, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, never yeah. had, we never had less than 300 attendants. Oh, no, you could it, never. It was a brotherhood. We support each other. You the know? Agora, the Agora. Would, you guys, would, you guys would have a ton of people in the Agora oh, in the yeah. theater area over there, man. Yeah. You it, a Bill, Bill Peters had, I think, some, the somewhat to do with that. Bill Peters wouldn't just like, okay, let's set up a show. He wasn't like a promoter. I'm gonna make money. You know oh, what no. I mean? He would like select the right show. It's like, no, nah, I, ain't, I ain't doing that. That's oh, not really. That's not the right one. When he, when he did a show, you, you knew there were going to be people. So he was in charge of that also? Like he, well, I mean, he, he was not in charge of it, but I mean, he did that? He, he would, would, he would up set up He would set up shows. Yeah. He okay. wasn't. He wouldn't be like, you can't go play any other he shows. He wasn't our manager. You know, like oh, like but he, the bigger ones, if, they, if it, you know, the ones, well, because he could promote you guys on his yeah. show when, and all kinds of stuff. When he, I mean, had, when he asked you to do a show, record. you knew it was going to be a good one. And anytime he promotes us, a big show that helps the record sale and on and on and on. Yeah. So who owns your guys' Publishing rights and all that to all that stuff. Steamhammer. Tied to the tracks is is uh, 50 50, and then there was something with Steamhammer, which we never made a dime. But Distributor I'm, out of Europe. Not, That's why I'm you get the bitching, European uh, copy of <laughs> Purgatory. It's a Steamhammer. So Are did, they gone? did Purgatory make any money? Did you guys did you guys make any money with that? Fuck I mean, yeah, did, we made a thousand dollars a gig, bro. So is that is that is that what it was though? From did you record? get a thousand a gig? No, no, no. That's well. No, that's I mean, after the first three hundred dollar gig, but there was us doing thousand, and the, the club owners were like, ah, oh, 
You're prima donnas. I'm not paying that much. No, and you're then, and then two months later, hey, you want to do that gig? <laughs> Did they really? Is that how it went? Because, dude, you're, I'm telling 300 people, and, they're, and then they're all drinking. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, he was just wrong. He just had roadies to, get paid. Well, they, 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 they think guy. that they can bully people. He people, had to eat right. some crow. You know? Yeah, yeah right, man. He had, to, he had to go without for a little while. Yeah, I don't realize. Punch Digman. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think they tried to. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. That's so cool, though, man, because that because then, because then I think when Romano got in there, it, it was like another boost to the whole band because well, it got yeah. the buzz going again is what happened right. there was this buzz now going you know there's there are two guitar now and it, they got this frank romano this kid and he's like a phenom and da, da, da. it was like a whole nother boost you know what i remember is that jeff was a real big deal back at that, that, that time also Ooh, I knew it. all right jeff was a real big deal back then he was his name was synonymous with the whole cleveland metal scene. oh yeah like everybody knew it that's why you were able Should to be. after this to, to do your own thing call it hatrix and Every fucking buddy knew who oh, that was immediately. That, dude, and that was awesome shitty and awesome move, players. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, they played out constantly. They were all, always, you could always see Hatrix. We still have the same work ethic. Like, we would jam five, six nights a week, too. Oh, yeah. It just was ingrained. Yeah, you can't help it. Well, yeah. that's, but that's, but that's why people know who you are. You know, it takes that kind of work ethic. It takes that kind of dedication. People that think they can just come into this thing and they're just sort of be so talented, so great, that everyone's just gonna love them. They're gonna that doesn't work. Door. He'll wreck your you, you know, you gotta, door. you yeah. chemistry to work, work, chemistry work. together. But when you do that, when you're really young, us, not you. You yeah. got it forever. It separates you though from the the rest of the pack, though, yeah. man. It's what yeah. it does, you know. Well, when you pound it in when you're young like that, I mean, I I feel like I can still I still play, of course, but it's awesome. I mean. And I, I attribute a lot of, the, of what I, how I can play because we worked so hard when we were young and pounded it in. I, you know, it's like I could, I could go like a couple of weeks without playing and just like go up and kick ass and have Let's fun. Let's get Jeff to talk. He needs, he needs to talk more. I'm not hearing him too much. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> Elaborate on that, Jeff. <laughs> Elaborate on that, Jeff. Every time I try to get Jeff to talk, one of you two guys are cutting him off. You're right. You're right. Poor Jeff over here. He's just like, he's like, yeah, they tell a story, and you guys are like, why we just say this? <laughs> just like the old days. <laughs> Is that how it was? Yeah, yeah. Is that how it was? It yeah. took you forever to write lyrics because you'd get like four of them yeah. out when you'd be like, they went, oh, yeah. oh, dude, he had like those, you know, those big bind with the big loops in them. Yeah, he had like si- He had six of them filled with lyrics. Oh, yeah. So you always write? I remember that. Always just write? Always. I mean, I mean is there I, a ton I, of stuff that never made it? There was a lot of times I'd just write perspective lyrics for future songs, and then when there'd be music, I'd just look and find parts that would work. Or sometimes it just, the song would work the first one I turned to. It just fit the music. It just That's cool, man. Cool to have backup stuff. No, I know, I'd just do it all on the iPad. I know that you're... um. I know we're here for the purgatory thing, and I, and I just mentioned Hatrix and everything. And and anybody that knows anything knows that you're also on Mushroom Head for Ooh. a long time. Yeah. Um, and now you're doing now you're doing uh, the Jeffrey Nothing thing, uh, yes. the Doom Candy. But the real question is this: Do you do you looking back on everything? Do you realize who you are in the whole perspective of things? Do you ever look back at us and be like? I mean, dude, you're a big deal. I mean, I, I'm not just saying that because it's just my perspective of things, especially in this city, especially in this city. I know it goes beyond the city, but especially in the city, anybody who's anybody that knows anything should know who you are. And if you don't, shame on you. So it's like, Ooh. do you realize that about yourself? And I'm not trying to be, I'm not saying go ahead, and, you know, don't be humble. But do you step back and are you good about what happened in your life? Is your career, you know what I mean? It's really, it's really a blessing and... um. I just wanted to, I felt like 
I wanted to leave a mark somehow and uh, have my lyrics actually mean something to people. And I get I get letters and stuff on Facebook messages and just people thanking me for keeping their friend alive longer because of my lyrics or my lyrics got them through being in a tank in Iraq or whatever it was. It's just that part of it is so cool. And I'm just blessed to have been able to do this my whole yeah. adult life. It's like it's 40 years basically yeah, of dude. singing. Yeah, it's man. Awesome. You know what? Pull me off a stage or out of a it's studio. It's a good life, Jeff. Jeff, when when they signed to Universal Records, me and Jeff always stayed in contact, and he would stop down and see me period periodically. And we might not talk for a year, but I mean, he came down to my shop, and it was right after Mushroom had signed her big fucking deal, dude. And he's down there, and he's just talking about fucking purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more thing, he, another time, another time before that, he stopped down to my shop, and it was when his first daughter was born, Mia. I don't know if that's your only daughter. I'm not yeah. sure, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's it was fine. like he comes down there. And he comes down to my shop. He's a fucking mushroom head. They're fucking doing well. And he's got this book with baby pictures. It's like, here's where she's born. She's two hours. She's two <laughs> hours. Just like you. She's two hours right here. <laughs> Bill said. I mean. Uh, right. How do you not love this guy, people, right? You know what you're people, I think, get mis- oh, yeah, we look concepted up. because he might not say something. Yeah, sometimes you know, people think silence they, is arrogance. They, and it's not. Uh, yeah, I hear you. It's not. Right, right. No, no, I man. I know better, man. I've lived with them. I threw them out. <laughs> <laughs> we would go to parties. We would go to parties. And uh, he would sit in the corner of the party. He doesn't drink or smoke. And he'd sit in the corner at this party. And he'd write lyrics. And sometimes you'd get this asshole that would come by and say, well, you got probably writing down with, you know, something I'm like. What you call the coach? I let it go to the point where I got to step in. I'm like, you don't ever talk to him again. <laughs> Leave him alone. Oh, this happened more than right, Jeff? I mean, dude, I want him to be in the corner writing shit down. It's, it, it happened a lot. That's how we wrote songs. Yeah. But that takes it takes everybody, man. You can't. Oh, everybody yeah. can't be extroverted. Everybody can't be introverted. Everybody can't be the writer. Everybody can't be everything. And, and it wouldn't work. If, and it doesn't work if everybody is anyways. That doesn't work either. You know what nobody, I mean? Nobody, nobody, nobody's going to be perfect. No. And I don't care what color you are. You know. there's, there's some hate there. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. My name is Hate, and I'm not going away. <laughs> you're right. It's true. So, Frank Romano is in the band, and band's doing really well at this point. You guys are now kind of past tied to the tracks. You guys have already toured it, whatever, played out for it and everything. You're yeah. starting to think about writing a new, some new stuff. Now, at this time, Greg's not in the band. Right. It's Frank, and who's the other guy now at this point? Felton? Well, right after the record. All, all writing. Frank. Never stopped writing. Always writing at rehearsal, whatever. So you guys are the are you guys the main cog of the whole entire project as far as that goes? Obviously. Really the whole band. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So, so everyone everybody, contributes. You so, got the core here right now. But that's what I mean. As these new guys yeah. are coming in and out, though, they're adding their thing. But I think right. this is the, the 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 machine. This is the Nuc- engine part of it, and then nucleus. And they didn't even the know. Nucleus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. The like, nucleus. Frank would just start just warming up with stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, do that again. So that's how a lot of songs I wrote at that point. His warm ups. I mean, fucking five songs were probably born from him warming up. And not even realizing it, you know. I'm like, okay, that part was cool because you're playing in and I'm feeling this way. So here we have the start of another song. Yeah. And there's songs like Incense of Abomination and... Uh, which the Haunting really cool. Back from the, the Grave. The Haunting, my God. Most, most of the time, okay, somebody would show up at practice, which we did a lot. 
Okay, but nobody show up, shoot, showed up with a song like, okay, I got this song. You know what I mean? It, it was always it was always a riff or two, a couple parts, yeah. and then we pieced it together. Yeah, Ex- right. Except for one time, I came Fag. up, came down to practice with an acoustic guitar, and I had the whole song in my head, and I came down. Remember? It was the nope. Dr. Payne. <laughs> Mist of Dawn, Mist of Dawn. I oh, yeah. I told everybody, oh, yeah. and we wrote that fucker between the four of us. With, within 20 minutes, we had the structure of the song. That's the only time that happened. In fact, they're like, what are you doing with that acoustic, you pussy? I thought we were going, <laughs> co- I thought we were going right country. Song. It was pretty funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. They used the P word. I couldn't believe it. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, so let, let me ask you about some of that, though. You guys had some turnover at that one point, right? Like guitar turnover. Right, so you guys were the main cog, the core, the whole, you know, you're the, they're the whole. But then the guitar players, like, you guys, stage, right here. you're having a hard time keeping these guys. Why? Why do you think that is? Because, <coughs> I mean, Purgatory's got some success going on. You would think, is it was it them? Was it you guys? What happened? Definitely yeah. them. Um, definitely asked Dave, Jeff. like, wouldn't give up his other band. He uh, wanted to keep Purgatory and his other band, and we wanted... Like full commitment. Davis so. Felton. You didn't do that at that time so. in the mid '80s. Now you got people there in five bands. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. But at that time you're one band, and if we you're, if you're your in two, you're not committed. Jeff's talking. Sorry. So um, I, I somehow ended up down in uh near Salem, and I checked out this band called Metal Lord, and I saw Tony playing that band, Tony Ross, and fell in love with his hand. He just had a look completely, and he could play. So I you did. He, he said he had the look, and you said he fell in love with his hair. You guys are hilarious. So I invited him up to um, <laughs> check it out. So that, and that's how that's how he got in. Was yeah, you? more or less. He ended up moving up and getting a job in the that's area. That's how he got in. Because for a little while he would drive the hour plus to practice every day. Oh wow. He committed. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he um. It was like. Look was important at the time to me. Between him and Frank, they were both hairy guys. Yeah. Well, you had a good look too at the time. Yeah. You're, you had, you had Arms, all man. the hair going on. Yeah. You were you were you're Jeff Hatrix, dude. Everybody knew yeah. that who you were at the time. You were fucking huge. Time to shave this side. Yeah, remember? Oh yeah, that's, that's funny. Right. Uh, Don Foose right. got everyone to shave the side of their head. I was like the last one. Oh, is that what and happened? I ended up and, and keeping, no, I never did keeping it. it the longest. You can't make me. No, I'm not the saying you, one. but like everybody would be need to have half their half their head shaved. That's right. I remember that now, man. Yep, awesome. yep. I remember. I saw an album cover with you with that head shave. I'm like, it kind of looks like Jeff, but he's so get modern, hip. Anywhere I go, like people would give me shit about my hair. Like there'd be what? people with straight up mohawks. Nice hair, dude. <laughs> like, I get so <laughs> shit on over that hairstyle. No shit. Yeah. Well, it was a little. It was a little. When it first, it was kind of like, wow. At first, when you first see it, because at that time nobody. After that, again, trend setting. Yeah. Right? Ahead of time. At that and like I get the weirdest high tops I could find, and I'd we'd play a show. I'd see ten people at the next show with the same shoes. Yeah. Ah, here, yeah. Isn't that cool, man? Though that yeah. was cool, man. Did, you know, like you guys did kind of reach that level of success where you kind of got a taste of things, especially, I mean, Mushroom Hunt got pretty big. It's pretty big. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And 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 uh, so, you, you know, you guys got a level of taste of, of just, you know, not not blowing up and having that curse, which it can be. Right. I mean, like you guys kind of local success. Yeah. We just had a really good scene. And it, I don't I haven't gone to shows much lately, but Cleveland was 
blessed with a great scene because I've seen scenes disappear. Yeah. Like eerie. They were vibrant like Cleveland. They were gone like different places. Yeah, you've been around. I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff. Well, you guys, Purgatory played outside of the city too. I mean, you guys. Kind of yeah, regional. So, yeah. So, so it was like. Pennsylvania, Michigan, yeah, Detroit, uh, New York, Indiana. Uh, you guys ever go? Penny Arcade in Rochester. That Kentucky. Was, what a night! Oh, you guys played that? Rochester? We uh, Holy we shit. took Kenny's family's camper the one time. We we're all psyched because we got like our version yeah, of a tour bus. Like, <laughs> we we made, we made it about uh, <laughs> forty minutes away. Remember Jeff Flakes? <laughs> the big yeah, square Winnebago. <laughs> But you guys were gone. So we you guys pack up. all the equipment in this thing also? Everything was in there? Of yeah. And, uh, we're psyched. It's our tour bus. <laughs> so we played with this band. I forgot. What was the band's name that we played with? That it was an opening band. But the drummer for that band won an award, the, the highest settlement for a car accident in the history of the state of New York. And he was like 19. So after the show, we went to his house, which was pretty awesome. And the party going on there, I still am friends with some of those people from that night. That you met some, like, yes. friends, long-lasting life yeah. friends. Yeah, and it was just such a great night, man. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just remembering now. Thank you. And so so some of these gigs are like that, right? I mean, like, you guys yeah. got to play. Because in, in a lot of it has to do with the timing of when this happened, right? Right. It was right. before, it was when it was, like, the de- degenerate thing was still fun. You know? like, it was still fun to be a degenerate rock star, right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of was. Right, like, yeah, it like, is. like it was. It wasn't politically incorrect yet, right? <laughs> Don't matter. It's still you know, you know what I'm saying. It really wasn't. So you guys were like in the mix of it. Plus, you guys, you could still make some money at that point in time. You could. It wasn't like it is now. Where it's impossible to make money. Oh yeah. Like you guys had to have seen. You're going negative. Bright lights in the future at this point, right? I mean, at this point, Frankie's in the band. You guys are freaking riding on all your gears. Or everything must feel like it's full fucking thrust ahead what happens it, so felt, how, it, what, felt, what? it felt that way but it was like and that went for like a couple years yeah all right but nothing wasn't happening we couldn't really cross that fucking we couldn't get over that hill. why do you think that why, why though why do you think i feel uh, like our second record or Martin, third if know. you count the ep but our <laughs> second record dark alley surgery would have really broke us we yes. would have yeah. been at that next level you thought you think that had all the potential to be like oh yeah that sure. that, that great think, sophomore I, I album. I love Tyler Tracks. I think the songs are great, but I feel like we were going in a even stronger direction. Well, I can see that too, man, because none of you guys were old. Or, it was wasn't real, like you was, guys are you were still vibrant young dudes, man, ready to fucking tear it up. I think a right? lot of that stuff was really close to the extreme metal movement that came in the 2000, like oh, disturbed. That you guys like think you, crossover you know, metal was like down. hardcore and. Oh no, kidding! So you guys had you guys had kind of went to eleven. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I, like, I, I wish we could have recorded it. I wish we had fucking. You know, I could give I you another part of that. It. Frank Romano, at that time, his brother Sam Romano, who's awesome guitar player, drummer, he should play guitar Keyboard in one of my bands. Singer. Everything. You give him ten it's minutes in a room, he could play a xylophone, whatever. <laughs> one of those guys you hate. Hand me that mouth harps. But he was in a band with Captured. Now, Captured, we skipped over. Captured was the Journey uh, tribute band, right? No. <laughs> I'm glad but, you uh, didn't when, know. when Tony Ross joined the band, when he came with three guys from Salem. One of them was Fred Flory, who ended up being the singer of Captured. Sabracadabra. Awesome voice. Oh. And we didn't even know. He just came with uh, Tony. Never under your porch, but awesome Steve voice. Johnson. So he starts a side band while we're in Purgatory. Just the facts, With man. Sam Romano. Oh, 
Oh. And Frank wanted to end up playing with Sam because they're making money every week. Oh. We were playing, you know, every six weeks or something at the same place. So it wasn't as often. And you're not going to make any money in purgatory. We didn't, we didn't take money. That money, whenever yeah. we made money, that, we put it back, back into in the, the That and we'd bring in out-of-town openers and we'd promise them some kind of payment. So we'd pay them and not have any, any for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Fucking Kenny killing me. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> don't look. So, what do you guys think happened? Why you guys you guys are going through this time where you guys are going in and out? You got guitar players coming in, you got guitar players going out. Frank is staying in. He's like the mainstay. First of all, you guys start off as a four piece, one guitar player. Right. Now you got to trans. You got to go into this two two guitar attack which changes things right it changes yeah. how you write it changes uh, it changes some things you can do more things but now you got to account for more things but also live, right live you can reproduce your music better right so when the you, rhythm will lead when he breaks in the lead when you got one guitar player there's Absolutely. a rhythm drop that puts out. a lot on you when you got right. the only thing which in the I background love. but we're not we didn't record <laughs> which like I love. right but just Van Halen is the only band that did that let me the see right way right let me see if, if i came finish. from like the maiden priest thing you want to have that the twin, twin attack. Guitar attack. Yeah, man. Yeah, twin solo. Metal. That was two guitars in metal. Then Lizzie. Well, started all yeah, yeah, beautiful, man. I love that band. 100%. So do I, dude. So did Pat. Yeah. They actually didn't invent it, them. but they fucking damn sure did it well. Well, um, well, you know, they didn't invent it, but Leonard Skinner was like the the one that kind of was one of them that kind of brought. Well, they they had a three guitars. Well, really you're right, but they but, lead guitar. but they had that that attack type thing oh, coming. Yeah. Then Lizzie, though, the producer, purposely. Had the one a little bit out of tune, so it had a natural two different natural uh, harmony that happened. Oh, when they played together, so they kind of invented that twin guitar magic that happened. Oh, sure, right, Jeff, really? Yeah, I'm impressed, Jeff. (laughs) I had no idea. On the documentary about it, they talk about that. He's the brain of the band. He always knew shit like that. Yeah, I'd want to go back to Brian's question as far as like what happened. Let me just try to explain it real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because because I think it sounds like that. that I mean, things things were going good, and we always like you know we changed a lot of guitar players. It was me, Jeff, and Mark for the longest period of time. So you guys are changing them. I mean, we probably had ten, twelve, maybe thirteen guitar players. It was a big, you know, revolving door. Yeah, it was. You know, because we had two, and like I said, Frank was the longest reigning. Okay, we got to a point, I think it was about 89, okay, and Frank decided he didn't want to do it anymore. He just wanted to do covers. Capture. Okay, and, and we had just parted ways with Jeff, okay, and we had Andy Boyer, who's a fucking awesome fucking singer, so, you know what I mean, for whatever that's worth. But um, it's like, okay, Frank dropped out, so instead of... You know, replacing him like we normally would have. All right, Andy decided that he was going to drop out too. So now oh. we need a singer and a guitar player. And then, to make things worse, <laughs> I know me. I fucked we, everybody me, over. Me, Mark. You know what I mean? Who was he? On? Tony. I, I could Tony. Tony was. No. Tony was. You, Tony would have went anywhere. Greg came back for some reason now. And we had a meeting in my house on East 185th Street. Did I finish? Was that, is that good? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There has been no start or finish to anybody's conversations in this whole thing. I have no problem with it, though. Yeah. We're having fun. You guys are, listen, all I care about is that you guys are having fun right he now. And, bring it, and, 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 and and this is all yeah. coming out. And, and, and people... Are gonna love this. I feel good. But these right are now. old this feelings like you're awesome, bringing up awesome too. Awesome but they're shit. gonna love to hear these stories, man. You guys, yeah. it's you, not all good. Yeah. I, but who cool. cares? 
There's drama involved. This is a two-episode fucking event going oh, on here. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I knew it. I can laugh. <laughs> I got to do two episodes for this. I can't fucking. You think I'm going to edit anything? Oh. <laughs> we ain't even got to the good stuff. <laughs> what the hell am I going to edit out of this? I, it's impossible. Well, you're talking it's about another episodes. singer. And this singer's sitting here, so something must have no, I Well, I know all that. We're not I, talking about by the way. But I'm just trying to get to the beginning of it. Because something <laughs> happened in the beginning that started. To the, this is usually a chain reaction of events, right? When yeah. bands break up, especially when you guys are like doing where you guys were doing, the, you guys had all the promise in the world. You had, you had the world by the balls right now. And then shit starts going wrong. It yeah. always is like this. It's the domino effect. It's the chain reaction thing. One thing happens. Another thing happens. And it just people start losing interest because of it. So, so it's like it's like I, I'm I'm thinking it's the guitar thing to begin with because the one thing you want in a that band is stability, right? You want stability, yeah. you and without it, you start feeling unstable, right? I mean, let's just say it, that's how it yeah. is. So, so a guy like Jeff, right? I can understand why you know he wouldn't be in the band no more because Jeff was a, becoming a. a well-known guy in yeah. Cleveland at the time, and with you guys having this revolving door of guitar players and stuff like that, I mean, I'm not—I don't know what happened. I'm not saying I know. You're right. But what you I am saying is that you don't. Right. What I, but what I am saying is that you're right. I don't. I don't know. But what I am saying is I can understand it. Is what I'm saying, Lace. Because yes. because when you don't have, and that's why I'm asking about the guitar thing. Regardless of why it happened, it happened, and you still have to deal with that and but move they forward. Good. Fair enough. Okay, that's fair enough. But I, you want to know why. And it's a well, good question. I just think people would want to know why because yeah. it, because it, because you guys were killing it. It's a and that's, tough that, that's, question, very hard question. You, could, you were killing it. That's that's what that's my thing. What a bad time to split up the band. It happens then though, right? Yes. The great ones. That's when it happens. There's like a point exactly. once you cross that you you can accomplish anything. You guys almost got there. I think Jeff right. Is that what I, am I fair to say that that's true? Yes, absolutely. I yeah. feel I feel if the band if we could have if we could have held it together for another two maybe three four years tops, I think we would we would have been further along than we are you know than we got. But 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 okay so let me ask you this why do you think, what do you think where did it start where was the where was the crack in the foundation? Well that's that's what I'm saying when when, sure. you talking about when. Where where, where where do you think that you know purgatory is like this. Well, here's, here's, but something happened somewhere. Here's kind of here's kind of here's kind of here's kinda what happened. Okay, all, all along, like sometimes you know when Jeff sings, sometimes he gets kind of kind of you know like that. All right, and I can I'm glad I can say this in front of him. He's my brother. I just can't believe it. You know, <laughs> no well, way he just okay. said that. He knows I love him. You know what I mean? And that's you know. And but this is this is reality. This I know is, what you're saying. This is what it was. You brought this up on your episode. And then you know it's like you know we. We like, you know, talk to him, and and it was like, from what I recall, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, it's like we wanted him to stop doing that, and he did. But then it was almost like he was trying to almost sound like Jim Hamar from Breaker, and it's like that's what we didn't want. We want you to be you, just don't do that high falsetto. Oh, you so you guys are trying to get him to stop to do the screams. Right. You're the one that talked oh, about not you two guys voices. Are wrong. Not, no, 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 not, <laughs> no. You're wrong. You yeah, talked Ed. about the two voices. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm telling. I'm tell, I loved I'm, it. I'm telling you what happened. Right, I believe you. Okay, and, I got it. And and we were wrong. Yes. Oh, okay. But remember the two okay. voices. Oh, okay. You talked Cheers. about two voices. That lower middle voice that nobody has a tone like bomb. that. That's yeah, what was. we wanted to push more for. That. Yeah. That's all. Because it was so unique. I see, I see, I see. I felt like I was like... Go ahead, Jeff. I felt like I was going a little more metalcore, too. I was almost becoming punk rock. And I felt like they may have wanted to stay a little more classic metal sound. 
And I'm not saying that's why anything happened, but it felt like no, a, little no, bit, it, it, a little bit of the division, maybe. Not at all. No. So, so then, I mean, I mean, you know, it's almost, it's kind of, in, in in some weird ways, it was almost like, not really though, but it's almost like the Metallica breakup where it happens and then some great things still happen as a result of the breakup, right? right? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. And that's, dude, that's exactly what happened. Like I said, we got Andy, who's an awesome singer. Fucking Jeff knows that. And fucking Jeff did Hatrix, which is an awesome. Yeah, band. and then dude, Hatrix and, was huge. And we know that, dude. I I still listen to Hatrix. Yeah, they it were is, huge. It's fucking cool as fuck. Well, it, they, <laughs> I mean, but you guys were. I mean, the Hatrix and, thing was yeah. really. Interesting side story about that band. Um, Lamb of God grew up listening to Hatrix. They became dumb because of it. Wait they were a like, minute. You're a you were you were Hatrix. You should have stayed that band. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did they tell you this? Did yes. you? No kidding. Because we took Lamb of God out for like their second real tour. Went out, went out two straight tours together. Oh my God, dude, that is a cool story. That's awesome, ain't it? Hell yes. Yeah. Who would ever thought that you could influence somebody like? Well, that? you don't know what's going on, right? Like, especially back in them days when there was no way to get re- re- receive yeah. who's really doing all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Now you know everything. But back See, then, I didn't know that, Jeff. That yeah. explains a couple things. That's fucking awesome. awesome. So yeah, we're man. We're learning as I'm, I'm learning as we go because we never really talked about any of this. Yeah, so now that's we're my just job, dude, to bring out. it out. Well, we're finding out when you do and everybody else does. I Benny love it. Crazy. Benny Hill, always learning. I'm not sure if I love it. <laughs> we took Avenged Sevenfold on. I think on, I like it, but we, I'm not sure. We took Avenged Sevenfold on their first ever tour there in Vans. Dude, now that took them out for badass. like three straight tours. Now they have buses, each personal bus with cameras in the bays, in the bath, or not cameras, uh, TV screens in the bays and in the bathrooms. I never had my own bus. Those guys are huge. <laughs> like, it was crazy Like for so long. All the I bands. thought you guys did have a bus. We did. It was a camp- bus. Camper. <laughs> and then Seffold had no, an old bus. Yeah, like everyone we took off for a while broke huge. There was, was one kidding. show. So you were picking the right bands, man. Yeah. You knew who to pick. That's awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, kids, what was that's awesome. Hey, how that's do, something to be proud of. Well, how do you yeah. how do you get in touch with like Avenged Sevenfold at that time? You're and just you, like, we just were on the same uh, agency. Oh, oh, oh. So we get hooked up like that. Oh, man. So they the, the agency a, was fucking it was on the right track. because of them that we got a Mayhem Festival. We Who was the up. agency? It was uh, the agency group, I think, think at the time, and then we ended up on <laughs> TKO creative. after that. Because that's that, that's awesome, man. It sounds we're like they actually, were hitting home In runs. the beginning, we were actually on the same agency as Lamb of God. That's all that. that that's what happened. I mean. They were hitting some home runs. Because he was like an up-and-coming agent, and now he's huge. Tim Bohr. Purgatory. How, how, how long did Hatrix? Yeah, but how long? How long did Hatrix actually last? I'm curious. How long did that band stay together for? Hatrix. Hatrix. It was about oh, five dude, years. Nine. Five. five. Oh, that's it. Yeah, because we were starting like fucking forever. Less than the Beatles at that point. <laughs> so okay, it's back to Purgatory. Purgatory. <laughs> Bill said. So is, are you guys still signed to Auburn Records at this point? Also, I, I mean, how did, how, did, how did that work? How did, how did, did you do like a one record? I have no idea. I know we signed to him, and it was a 50-50 split. Is that how he did it? That's the contract that we signed. Okay. Like I said, I know I never seen nothing. I don't know what you was never saw made. any money? Never. Yeah, it was supposed to go toward the second record. You know? Yeah, and, and, oh. and whatever, and that's, that's fine. That's not a dig against Bill. It's not like I don't think Bill Peters ever like pocketed any money or fucked anybody over. He did the best he could for metal. Oh, he, well, he still does. In he other flies words, the flag like yeah. nobody else. The yes. record shows the from one band would go towards the next band's recording. You know, and that's fine. That's the way it works. Yeah. You know, and we were like a, in his stable, 
and the Brotherhood of Auburn Records. So we all. You if know, he would have been smart, he would have made a million with us, and he could have did whatever he wanted yeah. with the rest of those bands. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he didn't. He, well, I don't think anybody understood. I don't I think. I think it was a weird time. It's just a weird time. It was just a weird. Was, yeah. You know, like the, the music you guys were doing was new. I mean, let's just be honest. It was. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was different. It was, it was it, it was it was that next level. It was that next level. It was a progressive You guys metal. fell into that know. thrashier yeah. level of music that was just getting popular. Hey, how many how many genres do they have now? I think that was number two. Oh yeah, black metal, Christian metal. Go ahead, yeah, Jared. I, I myself would love to have just had circumstances change and we did make that second record and just seen where it went. Which oh, will yeah. be a third. That, that's record. probably my biggest regret of my life. Really? No yeah. kidding. So Cause I'm I feel with you. like I'm that, with you. that Me would too, brother. so fucking big. Totally. Oh, we want to do it. It's Dark Alley Surgery, isn't it? Is that the name? I felt Dark that way Alley since surgery? 62. Do you guys feel like you could do it? Well, we it got would, the songs written. Tonally, it would be different, and I feel like our energy then, just everything was a perfect it wouldn't storm. Be the, it wouldn't I'm be way better now on bass than I was yeah. back then. Way better. Yeah, but I mean, like, could you? I mean, like, just to, just to, just just like to blow a load, you know? Like, you, would, sometimes you gotta just uh, get it out of you. And I mean, like, fuck it. It would uh, be I, it would be okay, ooh. but it wouldn't be the same. I'm sorry, I mean, Jeff. Um, go ahead. Strangely, there's a band called Iced Earth. They tried to become Purgatory yeah. aware of the name. They were cease and desisted, but they put out a de- uh, demo recording. Great band, though. It was They're called Days here. of Purgatory, and it was all their songs at that time. And that's why I'd really just like to put out Dark Alley Surgery. As the the recordings we have of it, the best copies we can find of each song. Dude, I would I, I would. Just I'd rather think that go in the studio and. Kick I mean, ass. that would be a cool thing too. But I'm. Yes. I we mean, would need to change the names of one of the songs. Don't call it "Too Bad Iced Earth." Too bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. <laughs> they hate us already. We were first. They had the same name, but they had to change it because yeah, we were al- we already did it and ran with it. And they're yeah. more salty than we are. Which I actually felt bad about because they did a lot more than we did. Well, oh, too yeah. bad. They were. I thought they were actually them. better too bad than us. <laughs> I said it. I said it. I thought they were really good. I I'm not sorry. Really good. But why not do that? So, so I guess my my question again is, why not, guys? Why don't you go back in and do it? Even if you only did one fucking gig, guitar player. dude, that would be like the Led Zeppelin gig, right? I mean, it's like it's like you guys would freaking guitar player, guitar player. You got twenty-seven to choose from. You're like, yeah, I may, oh. I may have been through the fucking. Yeah, the, well, they're all available. I don't the right so. ones, I don't think are. The guys to we do want. Do I have Do I have to edit this out? No. What you just said. No, <laughs> just, never. You don't have a guitar player. You might have to edit no. this out. No. No. What's to me, you can. Kind of play the old versions and show someone that you know now that can play, and it wouldn't be exactly the same. But well, what, what's wrong with Greg? He won't do this. No, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Doesn't want no part of us. He kind of wasn't. Won't even answer for all. He almost not. wasn't a part of that time. Yeah. He, Who he, wants to be the guitar player on the new Purgatory album? Wouldn't be. <laughs> That's what we want to know. We need. We need Frank Romano's son to step up to the. Oh, fr- come on. <laughs> Yeah, they got to be pretty good. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be somebody out there that's like, I'll fucking do that. I thought the same thing. I wonder if uh, Jeff's buddy Tommy would do it. He definitely would. So what I want to ask you guys is this. We've, 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 I think we've covered a lot of the old stuff, and we've really learned a lot today. Actually, I think fucking you guys have learned a lot about yourselves. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I keep hearing, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's really cool. I think that was great. Well, um, we don't do this every day. Or every week. We probably ain't been together in the same Never. for at least two years. It's good therapy. 
You guys, you guys, I, I would love to see you guys. I mean, this is my own personal perspective of this whole matter, but I'd love to see you guys at least do something with that album that was never completed. Oh, if, if, it's not, if it's not if it's not re recorded something or it's it's at least released, what the hell you guys got on it? You guys got some good too. live stuff. I'd kind of like to do both. Yeah, I think it would be great, man. I I, I do. I say like there's no time like today, right? I yeah. mean like um I, I I just think that like you were saying guitar player thing or whatever dude i'll learn how to play the fucking guitar i look at i'm even fucking short-handed <laughs> and i will figure out <laughs> we'll find a way i will i want that album made man i don't care you know it's funny because i actually after this this experience with you guys i've always wanted to do that but now i really want to do that you're thinking about it a little more oh, now huh yeah. so am i i'd really like that Big time. dude if my if our if this show's Got that album done, I swear to God, dude, I will fucking run down Euclid Avenue naked. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good reason. That is the coolest be the coolest fucking thing that ever happened. I'll Did do you get it. that on tape, Pat? I <laughs> You'll be special thanks for this, definitely. Freaking to the quad. Honestly, that's so cool, man. Don't I mean, I, I really think that would be great. Fuck yeah. Um, but you guys are still doing. I mean, it's like it's not over yet. I mean, it's like there, there, there's still things happening right now, right? I mean, like we already spit, we already touched on some of the stuff that you're involved in. But let me talk to you a little bit more about that. Like, well, how would you describe like what Jeffrey Nothing is like compared to how would somebody like you said it's kind of a continuation of Mushroom Head? Is that was that? Is I that mean, um, it has similarities. I, I feel like uh, the theatrics in of the it? early days of that band there was a lot more. Um, wider spectrum of music being brought in musical ideas uh the guitar player at the time jj just had a lot of different things going on that he'd write from instead of it being like one specific style or anything so that's where i am now with my guitar player tommy church he just knocks like two or three songs out a day when he's when he's bored more or less and um rest in peace jj yeah i was just gonna say definitely that hurts and then we uh we ended up playing moscow before i left mushroom Man, probably in like 2015 and um our liaison tour manager is still a friend of mine and i ended up singing on a song for his band and the guy that was doing the mostly the vocal work on that is a 16 time platinum producer eight times multi-platinum 30 times gold out of south africa and he's actually moving to america and his first project is going to be my band's album. What's his name? His name is Werner Bukus. Buc- I mean, a, how did you remember? Did you have to, like, literally memorize what you just said? That was unfrickin' believable. Well, that you literally just... That was, that was awesome. No, that was off the cuff. Like, you could produce for me. You could promote me anytime, dude. You are awesome. Oh, cool. That Thanks. was great. He's a word but, um, And actually, the guy's name... He really name, is. The guy's, like, yeah. the guy's name is Eddie Murphy, and it's coming to America. <laughs> yeah. He has... Uh, <laughs> He has close enough. He has two daughters and his wife's the recording artist, and they're in South Africa. And money is like dollars or pennies over there. He has money in the South African version of ASCAP BMI that he can't get, and it's basically 1.8 million American. Oh. He can't get it out. He's been trying to get it for five years. Crazy. But he's thing. coming to here. Uh, one of the first people he had ever worked with, as far as being a musician, because he sings too and probably plays some instruments but the first person they ever worked with daughter owns a studio in north carolina and she's like i'm tired of making music i want to listen to it again just take over my studio and it's like state of the art and because i was trying to get him in cleveland but we would have to go from the 
the ground up here. Oh, right, 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 right. So, right. yeah, he wants to do my next album as the first project he does over here. Are you pretty excited about this? I oh, mean, yeah, yeah it seems like, right? We did uh, 13 and Mushroom Head with, with Matt Wallace, but he mixed what we had and then produced it. This is going to be from scratch, so that's amazing. And plus, I love the band Mr. Bungle. They put out a, a demo called OU818. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. that was hugely popular, and then they put out... Mr. Bungle, that's Mike Patton's band, right? Yeah, and then they put out the Warner Brothers album version, and both of them are standing on their own classics, but they never put out the song, song Mr. Nice Guy on the new record, so that stands alone on OU818. But to me, that's the perfect way to do it. You put out your version of your songs and then have this amazing producer coming, and you could put out those versions. Oh, yeah, it's smart. I have, I have like 15 songs piled up that we're going to put out like every few weeks, but... To get the chance to do it with that much talent, it's going to be something I've never done. Do you think that uh, the way that people are doing it now, it's, so to speak, with the with the putting out a single versus a whole collection of work, are you are you going to kind of follow into that? In, in this day and age, an album okay. is considered three songs. And yeah, it's like it's you like really want to put out a song every three weeks or or like these Spotify, for example, who pays you pennies will drop you if you don't keep up a certain schedule. Correct. So, you, so it's better to put out a song, promote, put out yeah, a song, plus with promote. Just the ADD nation we're in. People want now what they want, what they want. I love then, ADD nation. And it's like, give me right one there. song. <laughs> I don't want to wait for a whole album. That's great, man. I love that. That 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 was perfectly done. ADD nation right. is what we're living in right oh, now. Yeah. Oh, and and, and you know, me and Pat have this conversation constantly about the length of our show. You know, like we, we need it shorter. Like, well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. And there's no real, there's no real answer to all this. But shorter is better. And it is, yeah. you know, you. But you need length for some things, and you need. It's, it's a, it's a fine line. You got to find somehow to draw that thing, you know. But you're right, man. People, just attention span is just not. It's oh, yeah, not what it used like, to be. It's almost like when you promote shiny things, shiny things. Well, don't you remember when you used to wait for a fucking album to come out because you wanted to hear the whole thing? Yeah, you, 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 could, you couldn't wait to be laying there. Master Puppets was the one I couldn't wait to come out. Dude, that's the album. I'm like, what is that? That's Holy the album that changed shit. my whole life. I don't care yeah, what I tell you. That's the one. The Master Puppets is the one that did it for it's me. It's sad for me and because I, I, I dislike Metallica so much now that I can't even go back and listen anymore. Oh, yeah. That's Jeff that's Burton, that's the shame when that Jeff happens. Jeff Burton's last record, man, that I know of. Maybe I'm wrong. It's James. He's like... You, uh, they, uh, me, uh. Like, everything's got a second singers syllable. Outlooks, you can't, just, you can't just say one word. That's so yeah. funny. I say it all the time. That's the Hatfield thing. I, yeah. I, anytime you hear people do that, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine this motherfucker in him, kindergarten. Hand me the blue train. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. With, with, with Jeff, it was the opposite. He would cut shit off. Yeah. He'd be like, the bing, get the. <laughs> and it was like it was like yeah it was like the best man it was like it was the best oh my God. It, it was it, seriously dude seriously Good dude shit. and 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 the thing about it is you guys have that one fucking album really that really defines you that's it and and, and it's that good it's that good do you remember it's uh that uh, fucking good one, we need another one i haven't heard the second one because no, we're talking not the second album but the second release which was dr pain so dr pain was after jeff that was andy no no yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was after. Oh, my God. But let me, let me tell you. The first song. Let me tell you about it. He wrote Dr. Payne. He's got lyrics for Dr. Payne. Was it Dr. Payne? Oh, no, that was um, TV Thieves. Blood's of Price. TV, yeah, he called us up Blood's Blood yeah, of yeah. Price. Dr. Payne was TV Thieves. Blood's yeah, of Price. Yeah. We did on Heavy uh, Artillery with Andy. I'm back. 
Jeff had already <laughs> sang and wrote lyrics, and and but we didn't record with Jeff. That's when it all happened, and we switched to Andy. That's when Andy ended up doing it on heavy artillery. Now Andy is a good guy. Yes, oh, he's a good guy. I think, but you, but awesome. Man. But would you say that was something you guys wish you didn't do? No, I, I don't regret it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't I regret don't. it, but it wasn't necessarily the way we should have no. done it. I mean, Andy, Andy wasn't the problem. Yeah, I don't know. If the, I guess, but was does Jeff that the make problem? Sense? No, no. It, it, no, I it, guess it's, I guess I'm gonna have to ask that question too. Then you know what I'm saying? Right, Jeff. Jeff, what, Jeff because you guys are going right. I, I, I almost feel like to Jeff an extent it was problem. outside we voices. Like I think Rick Fagan really. Yeah, we had a new manager. Came into the. To the situation and dumbed it down a little Rick bit. Rick Figure was a 16 or 17 year old dude who took over our band. And, uh, and looking back, it was probably he knew his shit because he ended up working oh, with he ended, up, dude, he ended up working with LL Cool J uh, and fucking Meatloaf. He's Fred Durst's personal man. But he learned by us. He yeah. racked up $900 yeah. in phone bills for a show in Cincinnati where we got 300 bucks. So. <laughs> Really? Thank it, goodness for like cell that. phones. Like and here's here's the funny part. He ain't even Jewish. <laughs> and, and then he goes, "Why? Where's my money?" I'm like, "You what? You dumb fuck!" I love right, this so. shit. This was the best time. I fucking love. Oh, it. It's weird because I had that same situation in my Louisiana band. This guy came in, managed us, knows everything. He's why I wasn't even bummed when they said they wanted to go back to just the three piece. This is White Heat. Yeah. White Heat. Yep. So 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 White Heat. What was White Heat? Let me ask you. Well, fuck, I gotta know because like yeah, we haven't touched them really on that. That was cover band, dude. Was it all? It was it was all covers? <laughs> what, were you playing? what were you playing? We need another covers. night here. What were you playing? What kind of covers? Priest, Maiden, Fastway, whoever. Did you guys ever get into the new album stuff? The, the new wave of British heavy metal. Did you do originals? Was that was that we something? We had like four songs. We had a demo. Did you guys ever get into that stuff? Like Duran Duran. Well, no, no, no. The new wave Ooh. of British heavy metal, the new album stuff, you know. Uh, I mean, from uh, who? Tigers of Panzang. Yeah. The, the, uh, oh yeah. I mean, Maiden and Priest are actually, and even Motorhead's kind of from that, from that whole. They're more thing. or less the. Fuck yeah. They're tail end of the first wave. Yeah, the first wave of yeah, right. That's true. You're right. Yeah. But the new wave of heavy, the British heavy metal. Uh, I, mean, I like the band. Budgie, Dime, Diamond Head. Diamond Head, yeah. yeah. I like the bands. Yeah. I just knew Riot the most at that time. Out of like that newer stuff that was coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jag Panzer, I love. Yeah, Jag Panzer. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's another one, man. I was gonna say that Lots you beat me to it. Because but, the bass player who ended up being Metallica's bass player. Well, you, because you can't deny their influence on what oh, yeah. ended up becoming what happened later on. I mean, that yes. whole wave of music totally changed everything, right? Didn't yeah. it? I mean, it did. I agree. And it was, and, and uh, you know, you hear about it a lot, but do they really get enough credit? You know what I'm saying? I mean. They're, you know what they remind me of? Like, That's that square, Scotty. <laughs> but they're like the blues players. They're like the Delta blues players were to when that blues thing happened in, in Britain, right? They're like the bands that they, they kind of like like established what became great. You know what I mean? They Everybody kind of took that and went with it. It's really you know? whoever you latch on to. Like I just I would go record shopping and just see a cool cover and... I could only check it out and fall in love with these bands I never heard That's of. Right. You Our were that guy? Shattered Records? You go Shattered? Oh, yeah. Not so oh, much. Yeah. I would record Revolution more. Did you I ever? Did, did, you guys ever go to Shattered? Oh, Chris yeah. is Shattered. Record Does anybody ever see Wars. Frank Conge anymore? I got to fucking no. find Frank. Oh, I don't. <laughs> His dad was my teacher at Rhodes High School. Oh, wow. Mr. Conge. And he had one line I'll never forget. He goes, I ain't afraid of no human. Because there's a World War II. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, but his son was Shannon Brackers Kanji. Oh, you Kanji, that's his last name, Kanji, not Kanji? It was his son. Oh, no, Kanji. All right, I, I'm saying but it wrong. But Chris at Warped Records, he ended up becoming one of my best friends at all of us. Chris was a good dude. Yeah, so oh, yeah, I'm also. Yeah, when we first in, got um, the EP. He's in Wilmington, North Carolina now. Really? What's he doing there? Retired? Jack Having off. a living Jack life? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Same uh, neighborhood as uh, Dennis Hopper. No kidding. Yeah. So you didn't ask this, but um, back when we got the, the EP was out uh we we did we did road work i i had my little route i did with shattered records and warp records i made relationships i bring them 10 records consignment and that's how i got to meet chris andrews and all that stuff but anyway all right yeah that was juf records you know what anybody know what juf stands for jackson ugly fuck oop Ah, is that what it is? Yeah. Jackson on the phone. That was one of our roadies, and we didn't, we didn't, we had to make up a label, yeah. so we had to make up a name. On the spot. J-U-F. Because <laughs> he was ugly, and he was my buddy oh, from the Marines. Fuck. Croatia. Oh, 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 yeah, so he, he, one of our roadies, and uh, bad motherfucker. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a badass. One of mine on your side. Yeah. I'm glad he liked me. <laughs> yeah, he was on our side, and he was a, just a badass. I have I have no control. <laughs> and Purgatory was also brought to you by Pizza Joe's. Pizza Joe's. We would fire for them, and they'd give us pizza to take home. Over off Memphis there? Yeah. And, and, uh, oh, what yeah. Was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fulton, Memphis. Yes. My God, dude. They're talking dude, about job. Were, I don't want a job. Just give us pizza. They gave us food to eat, so we had to put them on the record. That was the shit. Yeah, that and Raymond Noodles, but I'm not thinking Raymond Noodles. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Remember the fucking meeting with the machete? Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell me about the machete real quick. Go ahead. Tell them more. As fast as you can. Yeah, you brought it up. Come on. I need a machete. <laughs> I don't remember, but I remember there was right. a machete involved. <laughs> the roadie Jack Kabar. <coughs> Shelko, because he was Croatian. He spoke with an accent. Well, I met him in the Marines in uh, 83. Soul. Long story with that. I'm going to skip over that. So he had a problem with what, what was going on in the band. So he held us hostage with a machete. <laughs> slammed his machete in the door jam. He said, nobody's leaving here until we straighten this shit out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me. And Joko was a bad dude. He was big and he was a Yellow bad dude. Dude, we'd be playing at fucking, uh, what's the place on Lorraine there? Flashes. And oh, fucking yeah. and our other roadie, Bob Pros, who's yeah. fucking awesome. Awesome fucking human being. Better than Jack, but our yeah. But he'll, you wouldn't know by looking at him. <laughs> They're fucking, we're, we're getting ready to do a gig. They're fucking in the middle of the floor, rolling, fighting in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they were practicing. Awesome. This is for if the bad people show up. No, it Dude, was a power struggle. Let's say yeah. it's a power yeah, struggle. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Dude, Bob, Bob had a little oh, more of the smarts. Oh, we could tell. We do a whole show. I know. I got to stop though. I got to cut it off. I gotta, oh right. shit! Yeah. Hold on. Part two. We got a little more time. One more thing. We got more no, time. All right, keep going. <laughs> we got more time. Uh, give me one more story. You guys got fucking stories for too many. Dude, camera. dude, Braveheart's blood, bloody knuckles. We did that in '03, I think it was, and it was like fucking. Oh. We did the first night, and it was like, you, you know, there's like three, four hundred people there. And then fucking, we're getting ready to play. It's like a half hour, 45 minutes before we're supposed to play. People start rolling through the door. I mean, another 400 Somebody fucking. Somebody got drunk. Another 400 fucking people. <laughs> and then fucking Jeff, who never, never seen him fucking drunk. He was fucked up. And he, he, didn't he, even he, drink. Was, he was fucking. Band. He was fucking up the words. 
And right now I'm telling you this story. My hair is starting to stand up because fucking oh, yeah. all those 400 motherfuckers that showed up knew the fucking words and you could hear them over the PA. Oh, yeah. So you didn't need to, you, you could be fucked up that night. He's yeah. just kind of like you today. He didn't have to beat her. <laughs> but you know how it feels. Yeah, it feels. Think about, think about this, Brian. Hey, you sure we ain't got time for one more? <laughs> so you're Dude, on stage. that was the joke of the fucking year. Brian, you're on stage, you're playing, your singer's fucked up, but this crowd is singing louder than anybody to lyrics of a song you wrote 20 years ago. It was great. Oh, my God. Kate was that, is that like the goosebump? Okay. Yes. So, so those are the goosebump moments, right? Where everybody knows your words. Everybody knows your yeah. songs. You don't expect that. Dude, what about, like, if you guys were to play outside the country where they fucking sing the fucking guitar parts? <laughs> right? When they sing everything. Everything is so Hold on, right? let me guess. Would that be Japan? No, no, no. They do it everywhere. <laughs> they they sing the guitar <laughs> solos. They sing every part. Every melody is sung by the crowd at every other fucking European place. But America, we don't I've do it there. Right. That. You're right, you're right. That's got to be the most craziest thing where it's, everything it's is up. It's so good, the feeling No, but really, that, is it really that feeling? It's special. I, uh, just what you think it would be. It would be, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's one thing so if awesome. the crowd's singing along with you, a cover band type thing. Yeah, but but it's when so it's yeah. your own music. Yeah, your own yeah. shit, dude. That's like. But the words he wrote. Yeah, so dude. So it all comes down to him. So I got to give it him. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, you never, I'll never forget. uh we were supposed to play with uh, Paul D'Anno's Battle Zone and Saxon's oh, headlining. No. And uh, Paul D'Anno's Battle Zone, for whatever reason, couldn't make it. So we were like main support. And I'll never forget, I'm standing on the ramp to go to stage. And just the crowd buzz and, and the energy in the building, that ramp was shaking so crazy. Yeah. And that was, that was like one of the main standout shows in my memory. Ever for all times. Yeah. And was, dude, you've been on so many fucking shows. That's the best. That's the best. Yeah. You guys were the fucking yeah. shit, man. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you were. You're Thank the fucking you. shit, man. Yeah. You guys were the shit. Whatever <laughs> happened, happened. But I, I would like to know exactly. I don't think we'll ever find out exactly what happened. No. Like, Because I don't think you guys even really know. But the thing is, is that. Oh, I know. You need another show. <laughs> well, off the air. You know, we'll talk. <laughs> but, I, but I just think it's amazing, man. This is the, the, and you guys coming here and doing this for us, man. Dude, uh, I, I'll, I'll never. I, I, I honestly, God, this is the greatest thing ever, dude. That's a two-sided Me too. door. Honestly, this. it is. This is gonna be. This is gonna be one door. of my pinnacle moments in this whole. This whole thing, I guarantee it forever. <laughs> that's a two-sided door, forever, dude. Thank you. Anytime you invite me, I'll be here. Oh, that's the I'm, best, I'm dude. It. That's the it. best, dude. You know what? Just stop. What by. a great time. <laughs> I really enjoyed this, man. Yeah. All right, everybody, All right. purgatory, yeah. man. Woo! Thanks for watching. Woo! It was the best, man. We're All out. Right. We'll see Drunk. everybody later. All Drunk. Right. Don't oh. be getting crazy on me. Drunk. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That fucked me up. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, I felt pretty good. You made it easy. How you feeling, Jeff? You made it easy. Good? That was nice, dude. Dude, we could do this for another fucking three hours. Yeah, dude, you guys are the best, man. That was the best.